What's up, guys? Okay, before we get into the show, I have, I don't think a disclaimer is even the right way to phrase this. This is a little different. This is a sort of raw conversation that I had with the intention of publishing as a podcast. This was with my friend Allegra Sinclair, and we were speaking about sort of the state of marketing today, online marketing, the digital space, the changes, and this conversation was a while ago, um, but it's super relevant. And I'm going to just tell you, it's a two-parter. Yeah, it turned into a two-hour conversation. And I hope that you feel like you're sitting there listening to friends, because that's what this conversation was. So enjoy the episode. Let me know what you think. And then, of course, part two will be published next. Building an online business is more than branding, content, and sales. It's what happens behind the scenes during the highs and lows that make or break your business. I'm your host, Kim Doyle, and this is The Kim Doyle Show. I'll be sharing my own journey of 10 plus years growing an online business, as well as talking to entrepreneurs who are on the ground, creating, building, and showing up every day. Remember, do business as only you can do. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of The Kim Doyle Show. I, of course, am your host, Kim Doyle. And I'm really excited because this is, you know, I, I told you guys I was I was kind of thinking of pivoting, right? The format of the show. And so this is, I'm going to say this is officially the first pivoted episode, <laughs> if that is correct. And I do have a guest and we're going to have an awesome conversation that I think is going to be hugely beneficial to everyone today. So first of all, my guest is my amazing, dear, wonderful friend, Allegra Sinclair. So Allegra, thanks for being here today. It is more than a pleasure. That is fun. I like more than a pleasure. I'm going to have to use that. You um, may have it. It's a gift. But, but, <laughs> well, thank you. Well, I, you know, I've, I've credited you so many times on the show, but when I say here in my heart, I'm like, I got that from Allegra. So... <laughs> And I'm in the South, so Lord knows who I got it from. It could have been a child in the Piggly Wiggly, but um, I do use it. I do use it a fair amount. Oh my God. <laughs> child in the Piggly Wiggly. That should be a sweet. It's a very common phrase down here. That's all that meant. <laughs> okay. So before we do jump into this conversation, I, just for people who don't know you, I would love for you to give your, you know, elevator speech bio, whatever you feel like sharing because again, this is not an interview. We're going to have an awesome conversation, but let's go ahead and set the stage for the listeners. So what I think is so funny is when I hear you say, have a conversation, I'm like, um, some of our conversations, (laughs) 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 that's all I'm going to say. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I am in my current life. Um, I help women who are inside corporate who have been hiding their light, step out and shine. That is my superpower. It, it absolutely is, I can tell you, because having been on the receiving end of many conversations, but you've also been online for a chunk of time, as I have, which is, mm-hmm. which is what has brought me here. And you, you've been through a plethora, as I have, of different offers and trying things and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Landon, when would you say you landed where you're at? Last couple of years? It will be coming up on... Uh, gosh, that's such a really good question. Yeah, about two and a half years ago. Um, because yes, to your point, for more than nine years, I have been in the online space. Um, and I have done all sorts of things, right? I 
built websites for people. I'm working on one right now. We'll talk about that later. But I built websites for people. <laughs> I have done content. No, I have done a lot of different things. I think one of the things that fascinates me about entrepreneurs is when you're good at a lot of things, it's challenging because you really have to work at focusing on the one thing that you choose to do. If you're only good at one thing, life is so simple because you just have to do that thing. But if you could do four, that's where the work comes in. Yeah, it does because it's also <clears throat> taking the time out of doing the work to either create the process so you can hire. I mean, it just becomes a very convoluted, well, I can do it, I can do it, and jumping in and taking the helm and running with it yourself. And then, of course, in this space, where what's always been a challenge to me is it's constantly changing and I love learning mm-hmm. things. Yes. Um, you know, so <laughs> there can be a whole lot of look a squirrel, but in many ways, I don't think I've ever necessarily look a squirrel, <laughs> right? Like, Ugh. but I've ne- it's not like I've totally pivoted. You know, I didn't go right. from, it's all been in evolution, but okay. I, I think I, you guys, and I'm going to just go ahead and preface this that what I'm going to title this episode is a working title. So it may not end up being the final show title, but it's going to set the tone. And especially since Allegra specifically asked if I was going to continually use this word in the title. <laughs> I'm a Southern belle at my heart. You know this. You knew that question was coming. I did. And you know, it's funny for someone who like, I don't swear on the show. I mean, once in a blue moon, I never dropped the F-bomb and it's, but it just fits. So today's conversation is bro marketing and other douchey tactics. And (laughs) I'm going to set the stage for you guys because this, this came about from a simple article that I read and I got really excited. It is by Amanda Bond. And I talked about this and I've emailed about this to my audience. So you guys, we are going to go deep into some of this. So just know that if I've, I've already told you to read it and you have, you're in for a treat. Um, but the name, the title of the article is The Real Reason Facebook Ads Have Stopped Working. I've sent this, so I sent it to Allegra, I've sent it to a handful of other people, and it is a solid four-page article. Mm. And it is. It's not cheating. There's no double spacing. There's no adding random <laughs> pictures in the middle. It's for real. And there's data and there's... Mm you know, evidence. And she has a long background in Facebook ad space and advert online advertising. I believe I haven't, I should say, I haven't done my homework on Amanda Bond, which I'd love to have her on the show. But, but so Allegra and I were talking and, you know, we have these catch up. It's like, we go through like constantly chatting and texting. And then it's like, Oh God, I haven't talked to Allegra in like two or three months. What's going on? (laughs) And this that led to something else that led to us on a, on a zoom call, just catching up. And, you know, I don't know, like, or if you want to bring up, I can bring up, we were thinking we were going to get to meet in person this year. Oh, okay. Sooner it's rather like, than if I later. want to bring up what I got so nervous, <laughs> but yeah, I'll tell it. Okay. <laughs> and then I'll um, just so I can shut up for a minute. <laughs> okay. So we both use Kajabi love it for what it does. Right. So my main site, Full disclosure is not on Kajabi, but for the things that Kajabi does, I love, 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 like love it. Ditto. So, um, gosh, I'm trying to think. It's been at least six or seven years that you and I have known each other. I can still remember when I last. No, I'm trying to think. Yeah, I, never mind. That's a whole other story. But anyway, I remember the first time I ever talked to you, and I think that was about six years or so ago. But we have never met in person, right? Seen you a lot on Skype or whatever, but. Um, 
for a variety of reasons we have never met. So I had gotten an email from Kajabi and was all excited because they were having their first in-person event. And from what I know of Kajabi, I was excited. I was like, okay, well, they do high quality stuff. They don't do puffery. They're like, for real, I'm so like, totally excited. I haven't been doing a marketing conference in, I don't know, four years. And it's near Kim. I am so going. So I think I jumped in your text and acted like I had lost my natural mind and carried on about how we were finally going to meet. And then a terrible, that's T-U-R-R-I-B, a terrible thing happened. And I actually got their preliminary speaker list and my heart just sank. For another, and you set the stage so well. Go ahead. Girl, do I know how to tell a story? Amen. Oh, yeah. But the challenge with the preview of the speaker list was I had a certain set of expectations based on what I know of Kajabi and it was not met. So it was the same people who I always see talking about the same stuff that they always talk about. And I was salty because then I thought, yeah, I'm not investing in this to go see or hear the same people talk about the same stuff. Even with the great benefit of getting to meet you in person, I just wanted to like slap somebody that they didn't get different speakers with different topics. I'm like, they have unlimited, well, not unlimited. They have the resources to have really done something. I'm all judgy here, but that's why we're talking. They had the resources to get people that would really have stood out. And I think they just got same old, same old. So I was expecting ribeye and they gave me burger. It was a Angus burger, but it was still a burger. (laughs) And my mouth was ready for steak. Oh my God. There's so much juiciness. I had, I couldn't resist with the burger and now I want a burger for dinner. But the thing is, and, and I want people to understand I have, this is not about judging people who have reached a certain level of quote unquote influencer or a place in the market. And it's all been earned and deserved. And that's great. So that is all, let's just put that out there that They've worked hard at the same time. And as an example, Shailene Johnson is one of the speakers. I, I've listened to her at times. I think she knows what she's doing. She's got a huge business, marketing background, all that stuff. Well, her being successful on Kajabi doesn't excite me as much as the teacher down the street who was able to stop mm-hmm. working three jobs to sell lesson plans and now brought her husband into her business and teaches because she wants to and has, and has created some phenomenal business, right? So that doesn't excite me as much. And, you know, I was going to go to, I'm, I'm really still a little bit bummed I didn't go to the conversations conference in the fall that was put on by ManyChat, had my ticket, life got in the way, mainly because I think they had one or two quote unquote names. The entire event was working sessions with people who had succeeded on the platform. And so I get it that names draw at the same time, write better copy and tell a better story about who's speaking and why they're speaking. And I just, I felt the same way you did. I think of Kajabi as a, um, just an elite platform for lack of a, Mm -hmm. and maybe Mm -hmm. that's a crummy word, but it's clean. It's beautiful. Their support is great. Anybody that I've ever interacted with, I, I, interviewed Jay Cron, the president of the company. I think they're wonderful. I think it's a great platform, but I felt like it was a safe thing to do, mm-hmm. um, to get names who could sell tickets. And I'm like, 
I don't, I, it's just, I don't know. I, I feel that things are shifting in this space, which is really why I wanted to have this conversation with Allegra because, you know, who was I speaking with recently? Somebody told me, oh, it was a, a gal that I just connected with on Facebook. She had gone to Vid Summit last fall. She said it was such an amazing event because people were sharing and working and collaborating. And I think Gary Vee spoke there, which everybody knows I like him. But even that, I'm like, it's it's not enough of a draw for me to just go to an event. I want to know that I'm going to get something out of it. Um, so yeah, I, I think we're hitting this precipice, for lack of a better word, that people are sick of the nonsense. The, the names are getting not tired, but, and I guess there's always going to be people that are new to those names. So I don't know. Do you think that's part of their decision? I don't want this to get off on a Kajabi rant because like I said, we both love it. Allegra loves it. I do. But I, I don't know. What are your thoughts behind? I don't know any of them. So, I mean, you have interviewed Jay. I can't believe I haven't listened to that episode of your show yet. You know why? Because I haven't been in my car. But <laughs> <laughs> right. If the podcast is longer than 10 minutes, I always listen to my car because then I can pay attention in the house. I'm getting distracted okay. by something. Right. But um, oh, I'll catch up, girl. Don't you worry. But I don't know any of them. So I cannot begin to fathom a guess as to what they were thinking. But I think you touched on something in that you thought that their choices were safe. And I'm unaccustomed to safe from them. What I'm accustomed to from them and what I think their brand embodies to me, they could probably listen to me and be like, okay, we missed because this chick is all, she's in a completely different zip code. But what they embody to me is um, making the right decision that doesn't have to do with cost, right? So it doesn't matter if it's not the right thing for them today, if it's the right thing for their customers today, and it will be right for them later, then they do it. They take the risk. They don't do the things that everybody else does. And they know they're not for everybody and they're comfortable with who they are for. So I like that about them and I trust what they teach and what they sell and what they say because it doesn't feel um, thirsty. So there are some people who have put out platforms and it just feels like, well, they created a platform because other people are doing it, but there's just something disingenuous about what they're offering. And to me, Kajabi has never been that. And this lineup of speakers, I'm like, dude, how are you stoked about this? There have been at least a dozen opportunities for me to have heard those people already. So I wanted to hear more from, um, to your point, the teacher down the street who, um, has really made a change in her life. I wanted to hear that. That's what I hunger for. And as I look across the market, I think that's what everybody is looking for. I don't think, um, to your point, there's always going to be new people who are still stuck in the shiny object place. Bless their little hearts. That's another Southern thing. Um, I do believe that there will always be those, but for the more seasoned person who's in it for the long haul, yeah, I'm not, I don't get starstruck. I used to work with like all sorts of celebrities in a former life. So I, as a rule, don't get starstruck. So yeah, I'm not that impressed by the names. I want somebody who I feel like I can see myself in their story because that resonates with me. I feel like I can do what they did if I feel some sort of kinship with them. And I don't necessarily feel kinship with people who may have started 20 years ago and the things that they're talking about may have been based in time. Right. So it may have been, hey, at this time, 10 years ago, this worked. Well, have you checked a calendar? <laughs> it's not that time anymore. So I get your point, right? I'm not hating on anybody, but I just think that it was a little tone deaf in this that, environment. Yeah, I could not agree more. That is a perfect way to, to explain it. 
which is a good segue too into what we were talking about um, just before we started. I kind of ran down this little outline, guys. So for what it's worth, we've got bullet points, but this conversation is just going to go where it goes. And that is, uh, to your point with the calendar, as an example, there are a lot of people that I have followed, and I'm not going to call it a name just because I can't think of one off the top of my head, but where you know they've built something based on the time that they were starting their space and they're still teaching that. But I'm like, there's no relatability. Meaning, you know, when you're making a couple hundred grand a month, are you really relatable to the beginner? And I'm not saying you have to be a beginner. So I don't know where that happy medium is, but you don't have the same struggles as someone. So if you started creating content and you were diligent about blogging 10 years ago, you probably got a pretty solid you know, set of backlinks and SEO and content and a list and all of those things, if you've stuck with it and and worked at it, right? But can you teach somebody today? Like, how is it relatable? Am I making sense, Allegra? Like, how is it relatable if if you've built, excuse me, an email list of 100,000 people over 10 years? Are you in a position to teach somebody how to blog today? There's you don't have the same struggles. You don't, you've got an audience, you've got all, all these things. And so part of it for me with some of the people that I had followed and I don't is because I want to know what they're doing now more so. And it's like, I don't see necessarily a big evolution. They're still teaching to the newbie or the beginner, but yet that's not where they're at. I don't know. Jump in because I feel like I'm not making sense here. <laughs> I think that, um, well, I would never presume to speak for you, but what I think, um, I think it's not even so much that they're marketing to the beginner. I will say this. There are people who um, focus on, and I'm not going to say any names because I don't remember them. You know me in names, please. That's why I live in this house, so I can all call everybody sugar or honey. But, <laughs> and it's not sexist. It's polite. But <laughs> um, there are people who are always marketing like some new trick or tactic right? That might be working right now. And like six months from now, it might not work. So I think that there's definitely less place for that. Because if what you're teaching me is, has a time limit, that's not my, that's not um, something that I'm interested in because I'm in it for the long haul, right? If I was only in something that would work for a year and then I'd have to do something completely different. First of all, that just feels icky to me. Like in my body, I'm like, wait, I'm like, why can I only do it for six months? And what happens to the people who were coming along with me for the ride on six months and two weeks, right? So I think there's a world though of difference between people who are teaching something that may have worked a dozen years ago and people who are like doing the tactic-y type stuff. But I don't think I have to be a newbie for you to still speak to me, even if you're worlds ahead of me. So in a, let me give you an example. So let's pretend that I have been, uh, to your example, you said if I started blogging and I've been consistent at it for 10 years, that I have a pretty good authority laden site if I have kept at it and been smart about SE and all that. That is all true. So I can't tell you, hey, if you write um, an article a day, that this is how this is going to happen for you in the next six months. Because it didn't take me six months for that to happen. It took 10 years. But today, I'm not trying to hear, oh, you can do this. It will take you 10 years to get where I am. If people were honest about that, people wouldn't follow them. <laughs> I'm sorry. Is it okay to be that honest? If I told you right now that if you did this, this, and this, that in 10 years, you'd be making six figures a month, you'd be like, that's great. My electric bill is due today. Go in love, pretty lady. Go in love. <laughs> So 
my challenge then as the person who's already at that level is, okay, what could they do today? Like, what am I doing today? If I'm not writing new articles today because I don't have to, I should be honest about that. I shouldn't continue to teach people what I did 10 years ago if that's not what I'm doing to be successful today. Does that make sense? No, it totally makes sense. <clears throat> Sorry, I had muted myself to cough. I apologize for my voice, everybody. Um, but I think where I was coming from is I, 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 I'm, maybe I don't know where I was coming from, but in the sense that, all right, so let's say, the, you know, this fictitious person that we're kind of referencing here, but can you talk to the newbie and the Allegra or Kim that have been doing this for nine or 10 years? You know what I'm saying? So how do you keep, how do you keep growing your business in a sense that you're serving both? And I guess, you know, the other piece of this Allegra is that I think we're also in a place of this whole authentic, transparent piece of it of do people have the courage to say, this isn't for you? Or do you say, look, I've been doing this successfully. I'm at year 10. If you're new, start here. If you're not new, go here. I feel like I'm not making sense because (laughs) I'm specifically thinking of somebody and I'm just not going to to call their name out. Um, maybe <laughs> it's kind of like when you're um, writing for your blog, you need to know who you're talking to. Yeah. And if you don't, then you're feeling like you're all over the place. I don't think you're all over the place, but I think there are some people who are honest enough to say, if you were starting today, this is what I would do differently. That is not what I do because I'm not starting right now. Right. Mm-hmm. Did you hear that? I, I, I totally did. Can, did you see what I uh, texted you? Ow. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. You can cut all that out, right? Okay. Well, no, <laughs> here's the thing. We're not that name. <laughs> no, you guys. And we're not, you guys. And, and, and again, I don't ever want to be that person that's calling names. I don't mind referencing gotcha. a company. I knew who you were talking about, by the way. Okay. All right. Awesome. Okay. And it's, it's because what, where I found the disconnect. Okay. Let, let's maybe come from that angle here. So where I have found the disconnect is that you follow somebody and it just seems like, wow, relatability and and connection and you get what they're doing. And then they hit a certain level. And the other piece of this guys, when you hit a certain level, I get it. Your business grows. You've got a team. You can't be accessible and answer everybody. I so understand all of that. So I don't necessarily know what the balance is there, but when you hit this level and with today, this is where maybe the pivot piece comes in is where I see people who have been doing this a long time now jumping on the authentic, you know, transparent, like I'm going to vlog and I'm going to share the behind the scenes, but yet it's still not relatable. I mean, when you see someone walking through and I'm not judging people for having stuff, guys, please know that, but I'm not going to relate to you when you walk me through your mansion. Don't tell me that you don't have shit shows once in a while in your life. That's where I get like, is it all that easy for you all the time? It can't be. Tell me that you had a product fail. Tell me, here's a, here's a great example, guys, and I'm not going to give his name. It's not my story to tell, <clears throat> but there's a, a person that I know well, and I worked with him and has done very well for himself, works hard. He actually made me look at internet marketers in a different light because of the integrity for which he served his clients. It was It was a great experience. Now, watching what he does, um, has his Porsche Cayenne, does a road trip, all this kind of stuff, and then shared after the fact 
that decided to lovingly part ways with his wife. It was a conscious decision. And so it was nice to know that there was a level of authenticity about, look, you might be wondering why I'm sharing and why I'm showing this. This was a difficult decision. They've got three kids, blah, 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 that kind of thing. So, and I'm not saying everybody has to share their personal angst, right? But it was nice to see that life doesn't just flow at a certain level. I'm totally all over the place. (laughs) So let me tell you what I think I heard. Um, That it's not that I can't show evidence of my success. It's that I need to be able to show evidence of my success, but still be in touch with what it was like when I wasn't there. Exactly. And correct me if I'm wrong, but there have been times where I've had plenty of money and times when I haven't had it. There's problems on both sides of that. So why do the problems stop? You know, you may arrive at your problems in style, but it doesn't mean you don't have them. And that's where I think the um, things are starting to shift a little bit. It's Here's another little thing I saw the other day. Somebody running an ad and it was, let me show you how I got to eight figures, blah, 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 right? Which is the bro marketing, and maybe we could touch on that from that article and stuff too, but it's all this nonsense of, of only hitting dollar figures and for, for what it's worth, I've got dollar figure goals. I'm not knocking having those at all. But do you think we're in a place where, well, I know we're in a place, that stuff's not working anymore. I mean, according to Amanda Bond in this article, that's not working because people are sick of it. They're tired of it. I mean, the screenshots she shared in her article of people saying, well, I can refinance my house or I spent this much on ads and I never saw a penny. I did this. I mean, it's frightening. It's heartbreaking Mm -hmm. because I think it's interesting because you'll find people. So as I said, most of my clients are people who are inside a company, right? They might want a different job in the company, but they're not trying to like build a business and they're using online marketing to generate leads for themselves, maybe in a side gig or for building their own brand. Cause everybody nowadays pretty much thinks, yeah, I can't just depend on being at this. It still makes me laugh. My dad was like an IBM guy, his whole career. Who does that anymore? no one, right? But he, I'm like 10 years ago, he didn't have a resume. He didn't have any of those things, right? He was retired, but you know what I'm saying? He like got into IBM and he moved around. He never, it never occurred to him to think about where he would go next because he knew he wasn't going anywhere. But I think everybody now kind of realizes that they need to own themselves, own their name, own their brand, et cetera. So it's not like they're completely ignorant of internet marketing, but because they've been online for a long time as a consumer, they're way more savvy. So to your point where you're talking about the things that aren't working anymore, I think there are two things. One, I don't think there's anything wrong with having a handful of people in your circle who support one another. That is magical right? Everybody wants a tribe of people who'll tell you when your stuff is stanky, who will tell people when they think your stuff is great. Everybody wants that. But relying on that as a lever is dangerous because you can get lazy with that. And you think, oh, well, I'm going to make X amount of money because I know, and you say, bros, I know my people are going to talk about this. They'll email for it. They'll create a video, whatever. They'll do the old school things and I'll be able to get by. That works less and less and less right? Well, so I'm sorry, go ahead. Well, no, I was just going to jump in. I talked about this in the last podcast. Well, one of the recent, my year on review where 
when we did this Kickstarter, you know, I had this whole spreadsheet of people and relationships and all of these things. And some people supported it. Some people didn't acknowledge that I requested it. And it really made me step back from an analytical perspective this time, which was great, which tells me massive growth for Kim. I didn't take it personal. And I started looking at people who have successful businesses are not doing the JV bro marketing bullshit, right? It's really, they run ads, they've got paid traffic, they've got a product, they have clients, they have customers. They run it like a business, not like I'm just going to rely on this or things when everything was new and shiny with internet marketing. But my point, I was just jumping in. It, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. And it's not, that's not how you run a business, right? I mean, the local restaurant wouldn't just open their doors and tell all their family and friends, just tell everyone we're here and then leave it. It just, it's not going to work. So I would say it works a little bit because yeah. they're, they're still doing it, right? It's kind of like, I have this conversation. So my cousin's 102. She knows nothing of the internet. She knows what email is though, because she hears people fuss about it. So I was talking about um, just today, talking about something, some spam mail I got or something. And I was like, why don't these people use their powers for good? And she looked over her glasses at me and said, because somebody's still buying that mess. <laughs> and all I could think was, this is the wisest internet marketer I will ever know. Spamming you because somebody's buying that mess. So to an extent, the old method of, you know, just mailing for your peeps, that still works a little bit or people would have stopped doing it. But it just doesn't work as well and it doesn't work multiple times. So I don't want someone to come in my universe and um, take advantage of a resource or dig me once. I want people to come in my space and come again and again and again. Because to me, that's the longer game. The one-time sale is fabulous, but the relationship is better. Well, yeah, and there's so much data that supports that, right? That I mean, mm-hmm. the long-term, the lifetime value of a customer and that mm-hmm. piece of it. Mm-hmm. But what I think is interesting is I was, <laughs> ClickFunnels comes up with this a lot. And I think people love them, hate them. There's a lot of different opinions on it. Um, I like to watch. Pretty much, I don't use ClickFunnels, but I like to watch what they're doing and how they're doing it. And there definitely is a culture, which which Russell pushed and all of that. Um, but I also see them pivoting from the perspective that here, you know, they're looking at how can they grow. A, Russell Brunson has to back away from being the, the, voice, the voice in the face of ClickFunnels. And so they're doing that a little bit. You know, I watched him go out to, I do, I love the behind the scenes videos. That's probably my most favorite thing that I like to watch blogs. I like to watch stories, whether Instagram or Facebook. I love seeing the behind the scenes. It can make it a little dull when I go to actually listen to a podcast because I already know what's going on. But watching them come out to, and I cannot remember that you might, is it Dreamforce? Is that the conference that Salesforce puts on once a year? I think it is. I don't remember. But so he went out to watch because Salesforce, I think, is like the largest SaaS in the world or something. And don't quote me, please, anybody, but it's huge. I'm it literally... writing it down right now. In fact, <laughs> contact Salesforce. I'm going to tell them that this is what you're telling people. I just want people to know, oh, I will narc. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, it's cr- it literally like shuts down San Francisco. I mean, which San Francisco oh, okay. is like a square, mm-hmm. seven miles square. It's not huge, but okay. it takes over the city. But the point I'm, I'm watching, you know, this behind the scenes stuff and watching them go come out to San Francisco and looking at, I mean, they've got big visions now, right? He really wants to keep going, keep going, keep going. 
And so watching that and, and looking at, okay, so he wants to be as big as Salesforce and watching how they're pivoting, watching the content they do at the same time, seeing a ton of flack about, no, you're not only one funnel away. That's horseshit. It doesn't work that way. You may have been one funnel away three or four years ago, but are you really one funnel away? And I, and it's a great piece of copy. It's worked for people where it's heartbreaking to the point of earlier, we were discussing people, you know, mortgaging their lives to Mm -hmm. buy the latest, greatest product. It's heartbreaking because for somebody new who's coming in or somebody who thinks a funnel is going to solve my problems and make everything work, it's, I don't know any other place where people thought, unless it's network marketing, I'm just going to go jump into this and everything's going to make me tons of money. And yet people, I've watched people in this space for, you know, seven, eight years, people that were friends. And it's like, oh my God, would you stop buying products and create a list, create content, connect and build relationships and make an offer. (laughs) So let me just continue to be New Jersey as I have been so far. That's the hard part. See, you'll remember back when you were doing websites with people, what's the first thing they want to talk about? Color scheme and logo. Amen. They don't want to talk about the perp. Okay. So I'm working on this site for a friend who has a farm and I'm super excited because I'm helping them with a whole bunch of marketing stuff. And I love what it is that they do. Right. But so I mocked up three different designs for them to look at. And she's like, Hey, could the logo be? And I was like, girl, Nobody cares about let the me, logo. Let me help you love me right now. Do not start with me about how to make the logo bigger. That is so not important. Could you come back over with me, here with me and let's talk about the story? Why are you creating a website? What do you want to say? Why do you want to say that? But that's not sexy. And we are so spoiled nowadays, not just in business, but in life in general. We just want the chicken skin. We don't want to eat the chicken. We don't want to prep. We don't want to raise the chicken. We don't want to... I'm not even going to talk about killing the chicken. Did I ever tell you about the time I was in Jamaica and we were playing with a chicken in the backyard and then my grandmother killed it and cooked it and didn't understand why her little American grandchildren didn't want to eat Harold. Yes, we had named him and she served him up on the plate with potatoes. And we were like, not just no, hell no, little lady. So, but we want the chicken skin, the fried chicken skin. We don't want to do all the rest of the stuff. So if I tell you that the sexy part is what attracts people's attention. That's where you find all the different Googas and the new tools and the new whatever. It's all the like sexy stuff, but the actual work. So when you're talking about your one funnel away, that could be true if you know what the pudding you're trying to actually offer to people at the end. But if you're building a funnel haphazardly or really shallow because you don't know who you're talking to or what you're, what you're giving them at the end of the day, you're never... It, you could have 30 funnels and it won't work. I was working with another coach, oddly enough, um, gosh, a little over a year ago. And we're just trying to put together some marketing materials. And I said, all right, so um, it doesn't make sense for you to contact anybody else. Don't get a business card. Don't do a thing until you can answer this question. Who are you? Who do you serve? What do you do for them? And how do you want them to contact you? Those four simple pieces of information could take you three months to develop. But if you don't do that, all the rest of the stuff you're doing is irrelevant. So while you're busy getting this initial after your name and going to that conference and doing this, you are not serving yourself because you have no idea what you're doing. So you're mad at being a business owner when you didn't give your business a chance. 
you bought the beautiful car and you put it in the garage and you waxed it all up and you added all the flames and crap to the sides of it <laughs> and you dropped it down to the ground. He lives in Arizona. You dropped it down to the ground. But at the end of the day, you never put gas in it. Why? Because you don't even know where the gas tank is. If you can't tell me what you do, who you do it for, why, and how you want them to get in touch with you, you have no business worrying about a funnel. That's not even cart before horse. That's like Chevrolet before horse. I mean, you are so far <laughs> out of the realm of, honey, what, babe, what, stop, just stop. <laughs> just stop. Well, and you know, the other piece, and this is going to be a little bit esoteric, but to the point of that is when you haven't figured all that stuff out, when you haven't taken the time to do, I kind of call it the behind the scenes work, right? But if you haven't taken the time to do that, you're never going to make the offer because you're not going to feel good. I, nope. I, I've, I've said this so many times that when I went back to this, I'm going to master the fundamentals, who I became in the process of following through on my commitment to myself to, to write that email every day, to stay on task with this, or to just keep showing up in a Facebook group, or to, to pivot a brand. It's who you become makes it super easy to market and make the offer because mm-hmm. you have that confidence and you've got the skill set now. And when you're not doing those things, it's, it's fascinating to me when, you know, to your point of the website thing, it's amazing. When I go back and think about how many people I worked with that they had their look, we did the logo, all that stuff, the colors, they love this. They had their packages and you mm-hmm. go back and six months later, you're thinking you've not produced any reason anybody should do business with you. And it's funny when you were talking about logos, I was even thinking, I don't know why, maybe it's lunchtime, why restaurants keep coming into my head. I was thinking about, you know, we're going to go celebrate my brother's 50th birthday uh, at the end of this month. And we're going to go to Ruth Chris, which is an amazing steakhouse. And it's funny, their logo could not be more boring, but (laughs) I don't tell people about the logo after I've gone. I talk about the filet that melted in my friggin' mouth. And you know, so it is that element of that. So, you know, where do you think, let's kind of pivot a little bit because I see stuff like, (laughs) here's, here's another little background for everybody. Allegra and I had this conversation and we were talking about different platforms and what's working, what's not. And, you know, everybody knows, like, I love to test and try stuff. Um, I'm on all the platforms. I am most consistent on Instagram, uh, excuse me, on Facebook and my own site. That's it. I, I push stuff elsewhere. I don't, I haven't probably given everything the due diligence. But with Instagram, as an example, we're watching people, you know, who I, it makes my head hurt to even think about it, but they put so much time and energy into what their, what do you even call it? Not your feed, the, but their, um, it is an Instagram feed. So their own personal feed, right? Yeah. So that when you go to click through to someone's profile and mm-hmm. you look and it's like those images make another image or they're so color coordinated. Oh, I, yes. Right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So Allegra and I are talking and I'm like, I, I, I'm so over that. If, if I'm going to eat a grilled cheese sandwich one day, you're going to see my damn sandwich. I don't want, I don't care. <laughs> the next day it might be the dogs. The next day it might be a podcast episode. But it, I, I feel like the pendulum might be swinging back into the middle where we went from so hyped up internet marketing and then we've kind of gone the other way and it's the branding is so important, but I feel like it's kind of swinging somewhere back in the middle. Again, coming back to the market maturing, people are getting smarter. I don't know. Where do you think things are heading? 
I think that it was fascinating to me over the holiday season because I wasn't doing a lot of my own external proactive marketing life, a lot of things, right? But I just knew November, December are going to be quieter, not quiet, but quieter months for me. But it gave me an awesome opportunity to pay more attention to what other people were doing. And it was fascinating because some of the market leaders either delighted me or annoyed me, right? So Mm -hmm. Amazon, who I have loved Amazon for a long time, but they were annoying me. And I stopped to think, okay, why is it they're annoying me? And why are other people exciting me. Now, granted, these folks aren't um, doing like info products or courses and they're not like doing services, right? So it's a very different model. But for instance, Amazon sends emails out all the time, right? About new books that are available on Kindle. I'm not mad. I buy books on Kindle all the time. I have like eight. I'm reading at any one moment. Me in time. too. But their emails have changed so much and I didn't pay attention earlier in the year because I would just kind of breeze through them. I wasn't really reading them. But in November, December, I was really reading them because I'm uh, paying a lot more attention to email as I adopt what I'm doing with email. But the things that annoyed me were, I was like, I didn't feel like they knew me. It was obvious that everybody and their mama was getting the exact same email. And you know that a lot of the time, but you could do it in a way that doesn't make me feel like that right? So their emails were so blah and generic and boring. I didn't even want to open them. And they were so, for instance, I sent a screenshot to a friend of mine because there was a, uh, an email that was like talking about four books you could get, but the summary that appeared in the email didn't tell me anything about the book. It was like Amazon bestseller, New York Times. It was all these different um, social proof points and nothing about the book. So I saw the cover and then I saw this blurb that they were like, I don't even, it wasn't even like New York Times. It was other random crap. So all these other different adjectives about the book, but nothing about the book. And I was like, okay, they've lost their way. See what they're selling me at this moment is not the book. They're selling me all these accolades about the book. And guess what? I don't care. They never told me what the book was about. So in this email, there were four summaries, right? One for each book. And none of them told me what the book was about. So I deleted it. And I remember thinking, they've lost their way. Because I remember getting emails from them. And the description of the book, which was still only maybe four lines, had me immediately clicking, if nothing else, because I wanted to read the rest of the description. But they've gotten so, in my opinion, lazy. Doesn't that sound judgy? I don't care. They've gotten so lazy that the summary point didn't even make me feel like I was a human. It just felt like it could have been anybody looking at it. So let me contrast. Do you know what, this is going to sound so ridiculous, but you know me. Do you know what poo-pourri is? Um, yeah, I do. <laughs> it's so unladylike, but it's this spray for the bathroom. Google it, guys, if you need to know about it. I ordered from them like two years ago, right? Two years ago. So I got an email from them closer to the holidays and So they don't know me, right? I haven't spent any money with them in two years. It was amazing because they knew what I had purchased before. So they weren't talking about all these other products, which, hello, I didn't even know they had. But they talked about products that they thought might make sense for me based on what they knew I had bought two years ago. And it was short and it was conversational. And it gave me the exact links that I needed to go find out more about what they were talking about. And I felt seen. I knew they were marketing me. Give me a break because I clicked on one. Guess what? Then I got like five more emails, right? I'm savvy enough to know what was happening, but I didn't mind because I was inviting them to keep talking to me at each 
point of the game. They didn't give me any big celebrity endorsers of the poopery products. They didn't do any of that stuff. They had a very, they had a very authentic voice. So the things that I thought about, and I'm sure poopery is way smaller than Amazon, right? They sell poopery on Amazon. But my point is, I felt seen. I felt like they were talking to me as an individual, though I know probably thousands of people got that same email, but I still felt like they were talking to me. And they didn't give me superfluous crap I didn't care about. They didn't talk down to me. And they let me decide if I was interested in them. And then once I was interested in them, they served up what I needed when I needed it. Now, we talked about that last year, right? We talked about, I'm just saying we in the marketing space, we talked about personalizing things and more like dynamic content so you can like meet people where they are. And that sounds fabulous on a like PowerPoint spreadsheet, but (laughs) the actual execution of it is very different and it feels different. So I ended up buying some poopery as a gift because I dug what they were doing and they made it fit into my life in a way that I thought that is a really cute hostess gift. Like at the holidays, <laughs> it sounds so weird. No, it like, doesn't. No, it doesn't. At the holidays, there's a lot of people over, right? You want to be polite. I'm like, this is a kick-ass hostess gift. So I bought it and gifted it. And I felt so good about being marketed to in that way. I think well, that's what works moving forward. Stop doing the uh, talking to people because you think it's aspirational and I'll want to come up to that level. No, I'm fabulous right now. How about you talk to me here? <laughs> Okay, so that is going to be, you totally open the door for Kim right here. But what I found fascinating, everything you said was delicious, but it's it's fascinating that Amazon, who has so many data points on you, couldn't take the time to craft something more catered to you. I know, right? And I'm giving them plenty of data points. They know what I buy. (laughs) Yeah. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. And it is Uh, not historical. I'm just saying it was just so off. I was like, and they raised the price poof, on Amazon. (laughs) Well, so yeah, yeah. Amazon Prime, that's another conversation. But the, the next point that I would love to get into a discussion here about is to your point of talking at people. I, here's, I did an a email and a, then I published it as a post. Stop pontificating on Facebook. I'm so tired of the people. And I'm going to set the stage for you, right? So this this would be me making a post. It was 2003. I remember it like it was yesterday. And I tell my tragic story and then I pivot it. And then this is why you should sell for me. Or the, the, the comments of, you know, leaders get up at four in the morning. Are you willing to make a sacrifice? Like, who are you? talking to is that how you would actually is this shit working like i seriously don't understand this <laughs> I'm like leaders get up at four in the morning are you willing so if i don't want to get up at, the, at four in the morning that means i'll be a lousy leader or no leader at all is that what that's telling me well because i'm rejecting that notion from the door well and here's the well i don't know if you i shared this on my personal profile <laughs> it was i don't know if it was inc or entrepreneur one of the big magazines said there was a, a tweet or something by them and JK Rowling, author of Harry Potter <laughs> took us, sh- she shared it and said, Oh, piss off. <laughs> I think she's done. Okay. Without <laughs> having to, to yes. stick to all that shit. And the thing is <laughs> clearly I'm ranty today because I'm swearing more than I ever have. Um, but it's, there's so much of that preaching at people that what, what I instantly think when I see that is I'm like, Oh, you're new. You're copying what other people are doing. I instantly, you lose credibility when you preach at people. I, it, to me, it feels like a piece of the 
um, you know, when people are new. And so they start mimicking and they start copying because they haven't found their voice and their footing, nor have they really had the success. And I, I guess there might, you know, there might be some psychological element to why that works and why people buy. And for me at this point, it just, it doesn't. I'm like, go, I love saying this because it's so, but go do you, boo. Like you cannot, it's never going to work if it's not who you are genuinely. So let me say this, and we're seeing this more in business because we're seeing it more in the world. It is really difficult for people to figure out who they are. Because mm-hmm. there's a ton of people who do not know. That sounds ridiculous, but there are a ton of people who really don't know who they are because they stopped paying attention to that and they stopped listening to that. I can remember years when I would be like in December looking at the year and I'd think, okay, so by outside um, measures, I did, I had a wildly successful year. And I'm sitting here thinking, I don't even remember the year. It's like it didn't belong to me. Mm-hmm. Right. So I'm not saying like sitting over here, like on some, you know, enlightened mount with the Dalai Lama saying, oh, those poor people down there, they have lost touch with who they are. <laughs> That's not what I'm saying. I'm speaking what I know, not what I read in a book or saw on TV. But I think nationally or in the world, right, it could be happening all over. But I think it's uh, an interesting transition period for people at figuring out what really matters and like rolling back to core values what they want to do and how they want to show up. And that sounds so simple, but it's a really, really tough work. And I think as the universe shifts and we get tired of stuff, um, it's going to trickle down into business. So I really think this year we'll see a lot of people doing less, but being more successful with it. So to your point, when you're like, um, I remember with each new social platform that started out, because I'm a geek. I love testing stuff. I love breaking stuff, figuring out like how to pull it apart. I was born technically gifted. That's not me. I'm not bragging. My daddy was an IBM genius, right? <laughs> Even before they called him that at Apple. That's just who the dude was. So I know that I inherited that, but that's what I should do like in my playtime. That's not what I should do when I'm trying right. to do my business. So I think there'll be a lot more of people doing less better instead of trying to do everything. But I also think that this year there'll be a, not necessarily a rise of different gurus, but I think I have always been taught only take advice from people who you would trade places with. I don't remember when I first heard that, but I'm very careful who I give my ear. And I think we're going to see way more of that this year. And traditionally you may have seen people who could only get your ear if they had already reached a certain level. So like the, the people who were always invited to speak at conferences, <laughs> those would be the only people who you might get an opportunity to run across. But I have found in the last three months or so, people are recommending people to me or I'm stumbling across people who I have never heard speak at a conference or who I have never heard of before who are absolutely rocking my socks off. Yeah, And I love that because I'm sparking to this like new, it's kind of a, a redefinition of what a leader is. A leader isn't necessarily the person who's bringing in seven figures or eight figures. A leader is the person who takes me from where I was to where I want to be, right? Because I don't care. I'm not mad at you for your millions. It's an abundant universe. Get your millions. I will get mine. I'm not <laughs> mad about that. But if you can't help me go from where I am to where I want to be, then bless your heart. Go help someone who you can fit with, right? I tell people all the time, I'm not for everybody. 
but I'm relentless about seeking the people who are my people. Exactly. Just a hundred percent exactly on that. And you know, I was, uh, so I have a Facebook group. People know this, the content creators group. And there have been times I'd say over the last six months, where I'm like, God, should this group be bigger? Right. So you see people who grow Facebook groups, you know, and they're 15,000 and stuff. And I, I haven't, I never had an agenda other than I wanted to grow this community and connect and engage with people. And I got the best compliment that I've had in a long time. And someone, you know, thanking me for the group and um, just for everybody in it and for how I lead the group, whatever. And someone said, it's not often that you can feel like someone is friends with 2000 people and you're an actual friend. And so, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying that's scalable, what it looks like, any of that, but it made me feel like you've got, just keep going, just keep putting one foot in front of the other, trusting this process. And to your point of the new gurus, you know, it, it kind of, I, I think we're seeing this place of you don't know what, you know, this conversation from this person might lead to or another conversation. And the, um, what's, I don't know, the people are less impressed with mm-hmm. the names, I guess, is the easiest way to say it. I yeah. look back and, you know, a perfect example of you never know where something may lead is my business partner on the planner, Jody Hirsch. I mean, we connected probably five or six years ago too. Stayed in touch, just would hop on Skype now and then. You don't know where something is going to lead. And I think people, to your point of where things are universally, globally, mm-hmm. we're craving a deeper meaning to what we're yes. doing. Yes, craving. I mean, why do you think it's funny? I was watching last night um, the art of tidying up with Marie Kondo on Netflix. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! <laughs> I want to be her best friend so badly, and I don't even know her. I just want to squeeze her. I stumbled her. across that show by accident. I don't even know how I ever. That is not something I would ever have thought of before. I love her. So for for her. if you're listening, and you have no idea what we're talking about. Marie Kondo. I don't know what her exact title is. She is just, just and it's K O N, not C O, not like the condominium, but K-O-N. thank you, yeah, K O N D O, K O N D O. She is just a starling Japanese brilliant genius when it comes to organizing and clearing. And that sounds kind of like meh, but she really believes in we keep things in our lives that bring us joy. And if it doesn't bring you joy, don't keep it, whether it's a book, a piece of paper, a piece of clothing, or a memento. And it's funny because (laughs) this is where my ego, I'm like, wow, I'm a minimalist compared to a lot of people on that show. Like (laughs) my house probably looks like I barely live here compared to a lot of those people. But I started looking at that and watching it and realizing how that, that, that mentality can play across in everything in your life, right? Mm -hmm. So I sent out an email yesterday about what brings me joy in my business. And at this point, I've gotten very clear. I'm only selling like three things. And it's it's everything I've done has brought me to this clarity and this working through and simplification. And I thought, you know what? If a piece of software doesn't bring me joy, I'm going to let it go. It doesn't matter if I bought it lifetime or, or I feel like I should use it or whatever, but start taking a look at, are the groups I'm in bringing me joy? Is the, the stuff I'm creating bringing me joy? All of those things. And I just, but my point in bringing her up was that, why do you think that show is so popular? People are crazy. Is it popular? Oh, I've seen a lot of people. Um, okay. Well, just, just on Facebook, right? Where people are like, no, oh I'm my God, saying, I binged I found it. it. By I binged, accident. It. I binged I'm, it. 
I'm glad to hear that, but you know, I don't pay to, I don't watch the news. So I don't necessarily know if something has caught on unless it's like trending on face. I mean, on Twitter. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, I've just seen so many people saying they're binging it. Right? Oh, I'm right. loving that. Good for her. Good. Yeah. Well, and she wrote a book that was really popular. The book came first, you know, a year and a half ago, maybe, mm-hmm. but it's just the whole piece of it is I do think um, we're craving this white space. My friend Maritza was saying that she said, you know, I really realized I need more white space in my life because, you know, after having done this Kickstarter in December, I'm like, girl, you were doing nothing next December. It's just not happening. We're not selling anything in December. You're going to step back because I've always enjoyed the holidays. I'm enjoying them less and less as I get older because we're all supposed to add 20 hours of joy to our lives without taking anything out per week. And, but, but I thought I, I really realized that I need space. I need space to create. I need space to be. I need space to step away from the computer. Um, but I do think we are seeing that shift as well in, in where things are going with marketing. And I, again, to your point of new gurus, and that's the only, I'm, I'm, I'm doing air quotes because I can't think of something else. But how about even thought leaders? You know, this Amanda Bond, mm. that article, I mm. had never heard of her. Not that I'm supposed to have heard of everybody, but I hadn't heard of her. I cannot tell you how many times and how many people I have referred that article to, shared it, talked about it. This is probably the third podcast I've talked about it on. So it's ripe, I think. I think it's funny that you're like, not that you have to have heard of everybody. And I don't certainly don't think I have heard of everybody. But I remember I was uh, recently working with someone who um, offers several different software packages, but routinely people would like come across the radar and be like, Oh, that person is so-and-so. And he'd be like, it is. And I'd be like, um, yeah. <laughs> and I didn't realize how many people I knew, or at least the names I knew simply because of having been around for a long time. Mm-hmm. So, um, I think I have grossly underestimated sometimes, which people also do underestimated my kind of, um, universal knowledge of people who they are, like kind of where they've been. But I also think as I have grown as a person or as what I've wanted to offer to the world has changed, the people who I follow change. Yeah. So earlier you were um, asking if people are saying the same thing that they said, you know, like a dozen years ago, and do they always need newbies or are they always discovering newbies to talk to? And I do believe there's some of that, but I think also that people can come into your life for a season that doesn't need mean they need to be there forever. So if I am brand new to online marketing, the people who I spark to who I will follow will be different than someone who's been working at that for three years. And that's okay. Now, if I'm still listening to that person 10 years later, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But if I'm not, there's nothing wrong with that either. Because I think the other side of the whole, oh, I don't want to be jumping like a squirrel with every new bright, shiny object. The other part of that is it's like we don't know when it's okay to let go of something and move to something different, right? So either you're switching every five minutes and you don't stay long enough for anything to get any traction. So it never kind of works for you, right? We know those people. We see those people all the time who are switching what they're doing every five minutes and then they're mad because it's not working. And I'm like, you did it for five minutes. I mean, it takes more than five minutes to boil an egg, doesn't it? Dang, give it more time than a boiled egg. But there's on the other end, people who just keep hanging out doing the exact same thing or not allowing themselves to grow because they don't want to be flighty. So it really does take a lot of um, self-awareness, absolutely checking in with yourself and understanding what it is that you want, because that can change as well. And then understanding what's the best 
possible path for getting that because it's going to be different for everybody. All right. So there you have it for part one of this episode. Um, I'm not going to go into a whole bunch of detail here with this little outro. You can find out more about Allegra at AllegraSinclair.com. And that's A-L-L-E-G-R-A-S-I-N-C-L-A-I-R.com. And of course, everything will be linked in the show notes. As always, guys, thanks so much for listening. If you've not left a review in iTunes, it would mean the world to me. Uh, If you're listening on your phone, take a screenshot. Tag me on Instagram. Put it in a story, Facebook, whatever. Let me know you're listening. I'd love to hear from you. And all right, that's it for this one. Stay tuned for episode two up next.